you have a, a Bible nearby, uh, we're gonna we're gonna continue our our move into what's known as the Easter season. Lent has come to an end, and now uh, we are, are celebrating Easter, celebrating the the resurrection, the the ongoing uh, living hope that is ours in Christ. And uh, if you want to to find your way there, we're gonna get to Hebrews seven here in a, a few minutes. If you want to uh, head head in that direction, but uh, last Sunday I uh, began a series looking at the ascension of Christ, which is which is a part of his his resurrection, a part of the fact that that he uh, he rose bodily from the grave. He uh, was with his disciples in various capacities for about forty days, and then there comes a point where he he ascends into heaven to in order to um, to set into motion what his current uh, ministry is as our resurrected king he continues ministry it was here on earth and now he continues that ministry in heaven and so taking a couple of weeks to look at what that what is what is ministry for the resurrected Jesus look like now and um, in mark chapter 16 you don't need to turn to it we'll get to Hebrews in a minute here's here's a good summary of what I'm talking about it says in verse 19 uh, is at the end of mark's gospel it says so then the Lord Jesus, after he had spoken to them, was taken up into heaven and sat down at the right hand of God. That Jesus was with them, and when he parted, he, he, like, wrote, he ascended into the sky and went into, into heaven, and as it says, it sat down at the right hand of God. And so this... this uh, thing known as the the ascension means that he literally like went up into the air he ascended and uh so to kind of just kind of encapsulate that uh, just real quickly um jesus when when he was born he entered into our space known as uh, known as the earth uh this is like this is our realm uh, as humans he he through the incarnation he was in our space for 30 something years uh, living, doing ministry, all that kind of stuff. And when he ascended, he went from our space as earth into, into God's space, let's think of it, uh, that we know as heaven. And, you know, if you go back and you watch last week's or you might remember it, you know, we, we tend to think that heaven is far away. And that heaven is like kind of way up there in the sky somewhere else. But uh, for for the the Jewish community and for Jesus Himself, the when there's talk of heaven and there's there's addressing this idea of, of God's space where where heaven where God's presence is, uh, His He's dwelling fully. But you're able to experience that in fullness. Um, that space is not something that's considered far away. Heaven and earth are actually very, very close to one another. And so you have earth where God's presence is, is again, in complete fullness. But we are, we don't really, we're not really tapped into that, that fullness. We're not aware of it all the time. Uh, that there's like a, it's been described as like a veil. You know, there's like a, there, almost like there's a curtain from helping us see that reality that God is, is with us all the time. And he's fully present all the time. And so we're here on earth and we're struggling to, re- to realize that God is with us. But in heaven, there is no, there's no doubt about that. His presence is experienced fully. And so heaven and earth, I used my hands to describe this last week, but if, if heaven and earth are two different realms, they're, they're, not, they're not far apart from 
from one another like we tend to feel like they are. They're actually very close, and they, they overlap and they interlock with one another. And so um, there's a, there were places you read in the Old Testament, if you were to, to think of the, the tabernacle or, or the temple, was a place where heaven, heaven and earth overlapped and, and, and interlocked together, where, where heaven and earth were together in one place. And Jesus is another place where heaven and earth are overlapping and interlocked. And now uh, you and I are the place where heaven and earth overlaps and, and interlocks because because Christ dwells within us. And, and that's like kind of a, a little bit further down the road for a second. But if, we, if we're just understanding that that heaven is not far away, heaven heaven is, is as close as our very breath, but there's a, there's a veil. We don't really realize it all the time. And what God helps us to do as we walk with Him is He helps us to realize the nearness of heaven to us and the nearness of God to us. That when we are praying or when we are singing and when we are serving and we're, we're doing all these different things, God is not, is not observing us from way up in, in heaven where He pulls His chair up to the edge and He looks down upon us and, and some sort of, of, of like weird imagery that we get from art history and things like that. That when we are worshiping and we are praying and when we are serving, that God is in our midst in a in a very literal way that we're not always aware of. But sometimes He helps us to realize just how near heaven and earth really are. That this is that this is the reality that we live in. And so Jesus just goes from being bodily in on on the earth to being bodily in heaven. And now His ministry uh, it looks a little bit different than it did. And so. One of the things that 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 involves is a is a term that you heard on the video that Sophie and Gracie did. Which thanks thanks for that. Um, it's uh, found in a couple of places, but let me read to you from Romans eight thirty four. Says who is to condemn? Christ Jesus is the one who died. More than that, who was raised? Who's at the right hand of God? Who indeed is interceding for us? And so when we talk about the like the resurrected Christ and his his ongoing ministry, uh, his ministry was on the earth. Now he has moved into heaven. Uh, it says that he is interceding for us, and that's one of those words that we we use in the church a good bit. We talk about intercession, and uh, the, and people will refer to the intercessory ministry of Christ, and uh, and that's a term that that we need to not assume that we're all thinking of of the same thing because it's an incredibly important thing. And so that's kind of the main idea for today. So um, I have a couple of uh, friends here in the room uh, with me today, and I just want to throw this question to them real quick. Um, just when you hear the term intercession, um, what what are some of the things? What are some of the things that come to mind? You know, so let's say I reference it in a sermon, or someone references it in a community group, and certain things leap into your head. What are some of the things that that you that you think about? I think for me, the thing that just comes naturally is it's pray on behalf, and so you know, even in my translation of your verse eight thirty four, it says. You know, at God's right hand, and who also prays on my behalf. It actually mm-hmm. takes intercedes out and puts praise on behalf. And I didn't even think of like Jesus' example in the in the garden where he's praying on his own behalf, mm-hmm. but it's still he's interceding for yeah. himself. And so that just is a picture of what it means to me. Yeah, I love that idea that it's easy to forget that Jesus like prayed like he didn't. You know, sometimes you think, why would Jesus need to pray? But it's like, no, that's like. 
a huge part of what he did on the earth and then continues to do now. That's really, that's good. Well, Taylor stole my answer. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he, he does it all the time. Yeah. He does it all the time. Um, no, I, I think of the garden, and then it, I also tie it back to, it makes me think of Adam and Eve in the garden, how they were kicked out and how that bridge that was there with God was broken. And then in Gethsemane, it's like, Jesus, through his action, is repairing that bridge physically. Mm-hmm. And that's just where my mind goes, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I never thought about that. That's really, that's really good. Yeah, I think just making plea, like just pleading with God for something mm-hmm. on someone's behalf is what always comes to mind. Yeah. So intercession just wasn't a term I was familiar with until later on in adulthood. Yeah. Probably until I started going to church here. So just making plea. Yeah, yeah. All the all those ideas about inter like when you're interceding, it's it's on behalf of someone of someone else. Uh, that like you mentioned, bridge and Gracie Gracie mentioned bridge on the video as well. Uh, let me let me add two more two more words into the mix as we're kind of like kind of building a, an understanding of it, uh, and they come from the scriptures. One is in First Timothy two verse five. Um, in the word, I would the word is mediator. It says, for there's, there's one God and there's one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus. And so mediator is, is another like idea to have in our understanding of it when we say intercession, that he's, he is, it says he's like literally between God and, and man. He's, he's in, in the middle. He's doing mediation, which we tend to think of mediation as like when there's a bad situation, we need a mediator. But that's not necessarily what's what's going on here. Um, but he's connecting those things together, which we'll keep talking about. So and we're as we're building our, our kind of collective understanding, mediation is a part of it. And then uh, the idea of being an advocate, that's another one. And this is 1 John 2, verse 1. It says my little children, I'm writing these things to you so that you may not be so so that you may not sin. But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. And so when someone is your advocate, it goes to what you're saying, Meg, about why someone is pleading for you. You have someone who is not only mediating, uh, someone who is on your behalf, but they're 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 for your cause. You know, they're they're for you and they're with you and. You know, we sing we sing songs about God being for us and with us and 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 on our side and all those kinds of things and so that's that's all connected to this idea of, of intercession and so when when all these things work together uh, prayer bi- biblically anytime intercession was talked about it's it's through prayer and so it's Jesus praying for us and through his prayers he's mediating between between God and man uh, through his prayers he is an advocate for us like he's he is is uh, pleading our case he is for us he's pushing for our good all the time and he's doing this uh, in the way that he is praying and communicating with the Lord and so uh, that idea of, of him being a, a bridge is such a great a, a great illustration of um, God and man at one point were separated and Jesus has connected those two things together with his with his very own life and we see this this is not just a, a thing that Jesus you know, brought with his ministry. We actually see this throughout the scriptures. If you look back into the Old Testament, this is part of what the priests would do. This was their role. And so the priests, 
it's it's more complicated than this, of course. But uh, you had the people that were living their lives. You would have a you'd have the synagogue or the, or the temple or these these different like places, um, depending on what point in the history you were. Uh, but you you had one of the tribes of Judah was the, the they were the the Levites, and their their like job was to to get the temple, to get the sacrifices, to get everything ready so that the people, the people could come to meet with the Lord. And so that those two things would overlap and intersect. And the priests helped facilitate these, these contexts where this could happen. And so the priests were mediators. The priests were advocates. The priests were intercessors helping, helping connect God and, and heaven and so when you read the book of Hebrews, there's a lot of, of, of language that refers to Jesus as, as our priest, as our great high priest, that he, we no longer need those priests to come through that lineage anymore to be our advocate because Jesus plays that role. So um, we went to Hebrews 7. Let's, let's read this uh, starting verse 23. It says, The former priests were many in number, because they were prevented by death from continuing in office. But he holds his priesthood permanently because he continues forever. Consequently, he's able to save to the uttermost those who draw near to God through him, since he always lives to make intercession for them. So in 23, he's talking about the, the former priests. He's talking about all throughout the Old Testament. Those, those human men who served as priests, eventually they got uh, to the point where they couldn't serve anymore because they would grow old and they would pass away. And so generations of priests that went through that, but there was never anyone in a permanent position because of that. And so now we have a, a priest who is permanently installed. We have a mediator and an advocate who is there permanently because of who he is. And so the, a part of the resurrection and the ongoing ministry of Christ is that he is permanently in that role. That we don't have to wonder who the next in line is. There's no more lineage of priests to worry about. We have one priest who's there. And if you look at the, the way that verse breaks down, the, the last one, verse 25, he's able to save to the uttermost those who draw near to God through him. Well, who's that? That, that's us. As Christians, those who draw near to God through Christ, that's another way of, of describing salvation. Um, so all of his people, he's able to save to the uttermost, all those who draw near to God through him. How and, and why? Since he always lives to make intercession for them. He is always living to make intercession. And so Jesus being alive gives us a permanent priest in heaven. A permanent representation in heaven. And so before the throne of God, uh, in, in God's presence, you and I have a representative. So you, you might remember in the Old Testament where, where Moses would go on behalf of Israel. Moses would go, He went up the mountain to go meet with God. And he's, rep, he's the representative of all the people that are down there. But we have a representative who has crossed through the veil and gone into heaven and now stands on our behalf in the presence of God, um, to where we have representation in, in heaven right now through him as our advocate. Uh, it says, and in, in, you don't need to turn to it, in Hebrews 9.24, it says, 
Christ has entered not into holy places made with hands. Okay, he's not he's not entered into this like some sort of building that's constructed, um, but he's entered into heaven itself now to appear in the presence of God on our behalf. So right now, Jesus, in order to minister to us, to care for us, to guide us along, has crossed through the veil. He's into heaven. But it's almost like you can think of it as like he's reaching back through the veil into your life. He's reaching through the veil into your life, and he's connecting you to God's life. And so even though that veil seems really thick sometimes, and we aren't a, a, we're not always aware of how near God is and how good he is and how active he is, we have a mediator who is reaching through into our lives, keeping us connected to, to the Lord, representing us on God's behalf. And so that's the picture that's being painted here, is that uh, you might feel disconnected from heaven sometimes, but, but you can't be disconnected from heaven. Because heaven has reached in, into you and has a hold on you, has a grip on your life, and is connecting you to God's life. That's, that's how this all works. That's why this idea of intercession and mediation and advocacy and all these things are so important for us to realize that, that Jesus was raised from the dead, but his ministry didn't come to an end. He just relocated, and now his ministry is, is it looks a little bit different, and he's sent the Holy Spirit to take care of, of all kinds of things. But that's part of why the ascension of Jesus is, is so amazing to us, is that he went into heaven, but he didn't vanish, and he's not sitting there just doing nothing. He is like he's really like um, like getting after it. As my uh, as my uh, I grew up hearing people say that he's really getting after it. He's getting after it in terms of ministry to us. It just looks a lot different than it did here in some ways. So if we kind of if we kind of chase that idea a little bit further. Um, the let me let me point out three things that his ongoing ministry uh, is is doing, and there's a lot more, and we'll kind of keep building uh, on on some things in the coming weeks. But uh, here's the the first thing is is that that ongoing mediation keeps you and I connected to God relationally. So when when Jesus says, "I'm the vine, you're the branches," and 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 that's such a such a picture of of integration and life and and how important like all those things are, but there's a connectedness that's there. Um, Jesus is keeping us relationally connected uh, to God Himself all all the time. There's a there's a oneness that's there, and, and so when I when I describe it as as heaven reaching back through the veil into your life, think of it as the, as you a branch are like where where is your vine? Well, your vine is in heaven. So the source of everything that you need in your entire life is not coming from within you. In that sense, it's coming from heaven as its source, that your true vine is planted in the throne room of God. And so all of that power comes into our lives. And so as we, as we need strength, as we need courage, as we need hope, as we need peace, as all, all the things that we come before God and we say, will, will you help me through this situation? Will you give me wisdom about this? Will you, um, will you, I need an answer to this. I need you to stop this. I need you to heal this. You know, all the things we bring to him, all of that is, is coming to us from the other side of the veil flowing into our lives. And so our vine is in heaven. We, the branch are connected to heaven all the time. There's not a point in your life where you're disconnected from heaven in, in, in that, in the sense of your identity. Um, now there are, are of course times where we try to disconnect and there's there's a whole other part of that conversation I understand but in terms of a who you are uh, 
your rootedness is on the other side of the veil. And Christ as your intercessor is representing you in heaven and me in heaven. And so that ongoing mediation means that we have we always have someone in heaven uh, who is there representing us. And the related thing is there's is the second thing is there's an ongoing advocacy. So not only is he in heaven uh, mediating in that sense, as not only has he bridged you to heaven, but he is is there to show to show your uh, to show you strong support. That the advocacy that we talk about means that you always have someone who who in heaven who understands you. And I think there's such a value in being understood. Uh, that's why that's why we, we we tend to connect with people, and I think we've all experienced that. And when when sometimes you're going through something or you're going through life, and and you're like, man, I, it's almost like no one really can relate to me. And then you meet someone who's been down that road, and suddenly you feel more understood in that moment. Um, there's something about that connection that's there. Well, as our as your advocate, you have an advocate who understands what you've gone through what you're going through, um, that heaven understands what, the, what this is like. Hebrews 4.15 um, says this, says, We do not have a high priest who's unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted just as we are, and yet is without sin. Now think about, think about that again. Our high priest He's not someone who's on the other side of the veil who's unable to sympathize with what we're going through. He's been through everything that we're going through, and he knows how to do it without sinning. Now, if we if we stop and we think about that for a second, the the magnitude of that cannot it cannot be lost on us that that Jesus is is there with with the Father connected to us. And as we're going through various things, hopefully we are praying about those things. And as we're praying or asking God for whatever it might be, we have an advocate on the other side of the veil who understands how hard it is to how hard it is when people are lying, telling lies about you. How hard it is when people are are like setting you up to be betrayed. He understands how hard it is. Uh, to 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 fight your way through a life that's surrounded by pain and suffering and death, where there's just hurt happening all the time, our advocate understands that. Um, God the Father, he didn't he didn't take on flesh and live among us. He he didn't he does not have that that experience of having to wrestle through. What do you do? What do you do when it's just easier to it's just easier to lie to get out of a situation? You know. It's so much easier to just give in to physical attraction towards someone, you know, and to act on that in a way that's not honoring to the person or to the Lord. Um, he, he doesn't understand that it's so much easier to just turn the stones to bread when you're hungry. It's easier to throw yourself off the, the corner of the temple to gain the attention, to take a shortcut to get to the cross. He doesn't understand it's just easier to bend the knee sometimes and just do the wrong thing because of the pressure that you feel. God the Father doesn't understand what it's like to bear these broken bodies, but Jesus does. The Holy Spirit has no idea what that's like, but Jesus does. And so our advocate on the other side of the veil is not only connected to us, but he's, he's pleading our case from a place of understanding. He's saying, like, let's, 
Yes, let's let's give let's give her peace that the peace that she's asking for because what she's going through is so hard. I've been through it. Yes, let's give him the wisdom of heaven because he's he's wanting to act in the wisdom of the earth, and I know how hard it is to tell the truth. Let's make this really clear to him that he's advocating for that, and not that God the Father needs to be convinced to do things for our good. They're not arguing like a court kind of case, but Jesus is there saying, "I know how difficult it is. Let's give peace. Let's give direction. Let's let's bring that scripture to mind that that." that they need. Let's, let's put that song on the radio that they need. Let's send that word of encouragement through community. Let's, let's make that one particular song in the set list on a Sunday. Let's do it just for her. That's what an advocate does. That's what Jesus is doing on our behalf. He's not only mediating, he is, he is completely on your side because he's been tempted in every way that you have and that I have. That we don't have a priest who's unable to sympathize with our weaknesses. He's able to sympathize. And he knows what it takes to get through with holiness and righteousness. And he knows how to be the people of God through whatever it is that we're facing. And he is pleading our case. And so that mediation is ongoing. That advocacy is ongoing. Um, The third thing is is that prayer is ongoing. That he's doing all of this in intercessory prayer on your behalf and on, on my behalf. Um, it says in James 5, 16, the second half of it, it says the prayer of a righteous person has great power as it's working. And I love that, I lo- love that verse, but I also it's always kind of I've struggled with it because prayer, prayer has always been one of those things that just kind of, uh, it doesn't really always feel like it's working it doesn't always feel like you're maybe uh doing it just right all that kind of stuff prayer is this it's this beautiful mystery and we all have various insecurities and struggles and and things with prayer and so when he says the prayer of a righteous person has great power as it's working i have to be honest with uh, james here and i don't know that i always feel that way and so uh one of the things that um that I like one of the reasons I like having people in the room with me is to be able to talk about some of this. Uh, but uh, this week we did something a little bit different and, and basically threw this question to the mid city community group and said, Hey, would anybody be willing to, to video their answers to this idea of like, what are some of the struggles and insecurities and, and, and those kind of things that have to do with prayer? Who'd be willing to just send in, you know, 30 second video kind of just giving a little bit of insight there so that you can hear from more voices and see more faces and stuff like that. So watch this video. It's like a minute long. Uh, a couple of folks answering the question that kind of deals with what are what are some of your own insecurities and struggles that you have with prayer? Let's hear what, what they had to say. One of the ways that I struggle with prayer is just thinking that I do a good enough job um, sitting in God's reverence and adoration. Occasionally remembering in the middle of an event or an action that I have forgotten to pray and maybe I should have prayed about that or sometimes having to pray for someone as I am uh, writing I am praying for you in a text message. Another thing is a lot of times you hold so tightly to certain parts of your personality and the fear of starting to pray for them is that you're going to be changed and you're praying for your temper or you're praying to love more or be willing to serve more things like that when you start praying 
change happens. Uh, God starts giving you the desires of your heart, which really means the desires of His heart. So the only thing I would say is that when I start praying, change does happen. And a lot of times I won't pray because I don't want to change. And that's sad, but it's true and it's honest. So that's a, a couple of answers uh, from the Mid-City group. So thanks to Greg and Hank and Jensen for sending that in. Uh, let's see what some of you guys ha- have to say. What are When it comes to prayer, what are some of the, some of the hang-ups you've experienced? I have two, and I have no idea what they just said, so um, maybe we have the same answers. But one for me is I always kind of get caught up on um, solo prayer is not as powerful as group prayer. So if we get a request in CG, um, like, hey, we really need prayer for this, I feel that those prayers are more powerful than me just praying for something on my own at times. That's a weird hang-up, but it's just, I don't know. I feel like group prayer, if I have multiple people praying for the same thing, it's more powerful than if I'm just praying for something. And so that causes me sometimes to not pray for things because I feel like it's not, as as you were saying, working. Um, um, another thing, this one's probably pretty common, uh, praying for something long-term uh, and you never see the fruit from that prayer. Uh, that That's difficult at times, especially like in certain situations where... Uh, maybe it's health-based, right? You're praying for healing for someone, and you never see the fruits of that, or, or someone passes away, and it's just like that. That's difficult mentally for me, um, or just praying long-term for anything and never really seeing the fruit of it, or the opposite of what you're praying for. Having those conversations afterwards are always difficult for me. So, and do you do you find that because of that, sometimes it makes you where you're just like, I'm not even going to bother. Yeah, I mean, there are times um, it's hard for me to tell someone I'm praying for them if I don't do it. Like, that's one thing I don't do. So if I tell you, hey, I'm praying for you, then I I do it, right? I'm going to do that because my conscience won't allow me to not do that because uh, it's serious, right? But um, sometimes I won't because I won't say that to them. I'll be like, hey, if it's a difficult, difficult situation, sometimes I'll be like, I'm going to lay it off because... I just don't know, you know. That's that's just something I get caught up in at times. I, I would say it sometimes for sure. Yeah, yeah. I I think I think what you're describing is is pretty common, you know. And um, what about like? Uh, let me ask Taylor and Meg. You both have have walked with people a, a lot over the years in terms of like struggles with prayer, learning to pray, all that all that kind of stuff. How do you? What are some of the things that you've like picked up on over the years? Yeah, similar to what Cody said, I've heard that some. I think the other thing that comes to mind would be, am I doing it right? Or um, am I doing it enough? What if I didn't have enough time or didn't make enough time? Um, and then, honestly, just the the lack of desire, like you, kind of like you talked about, like, is it doing any good anyway? That seems to come up a lot. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I've heard a lot of that. Yeah, I think really what I've encountered like underneath each of these things is where the, the person, it kind of gets back to your point number two, that you know Jesus understands you. Mm-hmm. And I think there's just this a lack of intimacy there where they're not thinking it matters, you know, or they're not connected to, to what Jesus is doing. Mm-hmm. And so if they can just reframe all of those things into, 
you know, what am I doing with Jesus, and, and what's my role in it? Mm-hmm. And, and so it's not just a <clears throat> that disconnected thing. You're actually involved in, in, in the whole process. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. There's there's so much that's going on in our in our minds and in our hearts, and and when it comes to prayer, you know, there's I think there's a part of all of us that's like we we want to get this right. You know, we want to be able to learn how to do this and. Um, and I think that the like the intercession of Jesus can help us uh, put a lot of these things uh, in the right perspective. So some of that stuff about you know am I am I praying am I praying correctly am I am I uh, uh, what should I pray for healing here or should I pray for peace about the situation and what happens if I've been praying for a long time and nothing's happening should I change course you know there's a lot of of ways that we. We tend to either overthink it or we tend to underthink it, and it's like there's so many things where we just need Jesus to show us what's the sweet spot in there. When I'm, 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 you know, it's like Goldilocks and three bears or something. When it comes to so many of these kind of things, I'm like, I want to get it just right, and that's a part of learning, like we of walking with the Lord. But I think that for this topic this morning, um, when I think about the intercession of Jesus. Uh, it kind of eradicates a lot of those those hangups and insecurities and all that kind of stuff. And here's why: because when I am praying to the Father, my prayers are going through Jesus to Him. My prayers are going through my mediator and my advocate to the Father. And so I, I've heard people, um, you know, there's there's like when you're when you're closing your prayers and, and kind of our, our everyone has their like closing cadence of their prayers. And, uh, so a lot of times it's in Jesus name. Amen. And I've heard people say before, like, like I pray all this through Christ. And I remember hearing that for the first time, like, ah, I'm praying this through, through Christ, like praying this through my advocate and my mediator, through my bridge, through my intercessor. So if, if I'm thinking about in those terms, Jesus, his, his intercession for me, is taking my prayers and making them like the prayers of God. So he is, he's like, in a sense, he's like fixing any sort of issue that I may have, you know? Like if I'm worried of like, oh, I'm not sure, I'm not sure how to ask for this. It's like, it's fine. You know, it's not about your words, you know? I'm not, sh- I'm not sure if I'm supposed to pray for this or pray for this or pray for uh, Pray for all of it, you know? Because it's going through Christ. And so we have the resurrected Jesus, who is our great high priest, who he's not unable to sympathize. He's completely able. And as he's advocating for us, he's championing all the things that we're praying. And so that's why James can say the prayers of a righteous person has great power as it's working. It's not because I'm so powerful. It's because Jesus is powerful. That the entire Trinity is involved in my prayers. That my prayers are led by the Spirit through Christ to the Father. The entire Trinity is involved. So of course it's full of power, you know. So why why would I get all tripped up in my own insecurities, making prayer very Josh focused, instead of realizing I'm just here to communicate some things to my God, and I'm trusting that His Spirit's going to lead me, and my intercessor is going to amplify those things and strengthen them and the, this father who loves me is going to hear them and that the whole trinity is working that heaven and earth are going to work together 
to hear and respond to my prayers. It doesn't mean I have to hear audibly from heaven all the time. It doesn't mean that I have to get the results that I want, which is a very American way of thinking. You know, uh, it just it it's just this relational like thing. This is what I'm doing is I'm I'm talking to the most important person in my life about the things that are going on in my life. That's what it comes down to. And so the intercession of Jesus, the mediation of Jesus, the advocacy of Jesus, all of these things, this is how he cares for you and cares for me. This is a part of how he's caring for his, his bride, how he's helping us learn to walk in the freedoms that he has provided through the cross and through the resurrection. Uh, he's doing so in a way that, that this life is flowing, reaching through the veil, reaching into all the life of all of his branches all the time. And so, yeah, our prayers are powerful and effective, not, but, but not because we're praying just right. Uh, they're, they're powerful because we're connecting to something bigger than ourselves. And so this, this ongoing ministry of Jesus is, is just it's such an important thing to remember. And I think that we have a, that, that our, our flesh wants us to become self-reliant. Our world just endorses that self-reliance all the time. And then we have an enemy who, of course, he doesn't want us to pray. Of course, he's going to convince us that our prayers are not working, that it's pointless to do that. Uh, we have so much working against us, but we have an advocate who's greater than every single one of those things. And that's a part of what the resurrected ministry of Jesus, the, the ascension of Jesus into heaven has done for us. Is it, has, it has given us this beautiful, powerful reality. And so as, as I close, what are, we, what are we supposed to do with this? You know, um, I'll, give you, I'll give you two things. The, the first thing uh, is I, I, think, I think we're just supposed to receive it. You know? Like I think we're supposed to receive ministry from people, and so when when someone is wanting to serve you or speak truth to you or or whatever whatever the case may be, you you have to receive it. You know, you have, you have to receive that blessing, and so I think that's a part of what we're supposed to do this morning. Is it's not even that we have to like like get after it and do something as much as just let it let us just be blessed, be blessed by the fact that Jesus is praying for you. That he's praying prayers of, of blessing. That he is is like, and he's your advocate. He's in, endorsing you. He's all for the things that you are praying that are consistent with him. He's going to absolutely back those up. And so, like, if you're if you're praying for freedom from some sort of, of habitual addiction, Jesus is praying for you as well. Just receive that. Be blessed by that. If you're praying for healing in a marriage, if you're if you're praying for wisdom in a decision to make, if you're trying to figure out how do I get through this COVID nineteen thing because of my job or because of of all these kind of other factors, just be receive the fact that the Father, the Son, and the Spirit are on board with your good, and this this is happening. This is ongoing ministry, reaching from heaven into into you, connecting you to them. Just just let that be awesome. Let that be awesome and be encouraged by that. Um, Hebrews 4, 14 through 16. This is a, a, a part of that verse that I just read about being, him being able to sympathize with us, but this is more context. It says this. It says, Since then we have a great high priest who's passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold fast our confession we do not have a high priest who's unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, 
but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace, that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. He's like, in light of all this, just draw near. Be, be closer. Just re- receive this ministry from heaven that's coming to you. Um, just to be, to be encouraged that all is well. You know, it's, it's safe. Pray the prayers. Ask for the, ask for the big things. Confess your sin. Confess the, your need. Admit that you're not, you aren't sure what to say, but that you trust Him with your life. Just drawing near. That's, that's what we need to do in light of this. First thing is to receive it. Second thing, this is, and this is more, this is more active, is to, is to imitate Him. Think about it like this: When we intercede, when we when we pray on behalf of someone else, when we are mediating and we are advocating, and we're we're doing that on behalf of others, we are conforming to Jesus' image and His ministry in a really really specific way. And so, what's Jesus doing right now? Well, one of the things He's doing is praying. And so, when I pray for you, you pray for me. We uh, we pray for different situations. We are we're connected to heaven. And the activity of Jesus in a really specific way. And so uh, in James, he says, um, right before he says the prayer of a righteous person has great power, he says this, 516, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you might be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it's working. What do we do with this powerful prayer thing? We, we go to work and we pray on behalf of other people. We confess our sins. We walk together through all seasons of life. We, we do this community thing. Um, it says in Hebrews 10, this is the last thing I'll read. This is 19. It says, Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way that he opened for us through the curtain, that is through his flesh, and we have a true heart and full assurance of faith, with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. Let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. The writer of Hebrews thinks it's pretty clear in light of the gospel, we need to be laying our lives down for each other in, the, in these ways. And intercession is one of, the, one of the most practical ways that we can imitate Jesus and be a, connect to the ministry of heaven in one another's lives as well. So the, so the two big, big walkaways, receive the blessing of knowing that Jesus is interceding for you in this moment. And then seek to imitate that ministry in the lives of the people that are around you. And what we end up doing is we end up uh, expressing our belief that the gospel really is real for us. That because Jesus is alive, that this this now becomes the, the ministry that we get to be a part of, both in, in giving it to others and also in receiving it as well. So I, I hope this has been encouraging to you. It's been encouraging for me to study through and to, be, um, to learn some new things, be reminded of some other things. And so I'm going to pray for us, and we're going to sing uh, one more song before we uh, uh, wrap up this morning. So let me let me pray for us. Jesus, what a what a humbling thing it is to know that um, when we read in John 17, you praying for your disciples, 
Um, and when we read about you going off alone to pray and praying for them, and we look at that and we say, wow, what, what must it be like to have Jesus pray over you, pray for you? Um, well, that's what's happening right for us in this very moment. And unlike when you were on the earth, when you're just one place at one time, now you're in heaven, and so your your omnipresence is a, such a gift to us because it means like the heaven is reaching into our lives at all times. That our our uh, resurrected King, who's interceding for us, that that's a that's a twenty four seven thing for us. And that you are not far away, way up there in heaven, but you are as close as our very breath. And so we're not forgotten. That you know exactly how to pray for us because you're with us in every moment. Your spirit manifests your presence within us and so you know what we're feeling and what we're thinking. You know the internal life and the external life and so who better to pray for us than you on every level. Holy Spirit, we know that you are are leading our prayers along and you're helping us, um, helping communicate those things from heaven to us. And Father, you are you are just that good, wonderful, perfect, beautiful Father who who loves his kids so much. So to think that the Father, the Son, and the Spirit, God, all all of you are involved in our prayers is just tremendous. So I pray, Father, that we would be blessed by that reality today. Would you would you just help that to be just this beautiful weight on on our hearts and on our minds, not a burden? but a beautiful reality that has such a heaviness to it that we just love it so much. And would you help us as we seek to imitate that, to to step into that ministry of intercession for others, uh, that we could be the answers to other people's prayers in that way. It's just amazing. Jesus, we thank you for your ongoing ministry to us. And we know that it's not something we've earned. It's just this incredible gift of grace that comes from you. We love you so much. So I pray all these things through you, Jesus. Amen.